0: What is up, everybody? We got a lot of stuff to talk to you about this week, including the MLB going to the postseason, week four of the NFL. A lot of really cool matchups, great games, and a big rivalry showdown for one-game winner-takes-all happening this week. We're going to get right into it. Let's go. What is up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. My name is Julian. I'm here at Brooklyn. What's going on, brother?
1: Yo yo yo. What's poppin', dog? Like you said, a lot's going on. Yeah, playoffs about to start. We got the wild card games starting tomorrow. Week 4 was nice. I finally get to be happy for once this season. It's crazy. Let's go, baby. It's crazy.
0: I want to I want to get this out of the way early, right? This episode is going to be named something along the lines of New York, right? Because this is the first day since 2009, and I'm referring to yesterday, that the New York Jets, New York Giants, and the New York Yankees have all won on the same day. The first day in 12 years. And the Yankees have a good amount of crossover with the football season. So that kind of just shows how bad one of the three of them have been during that stretch that they can't get it all done together.
1: That's insane, bro.
0: Because you just, you would feel
1: like, all right, there's got to be one week that, like, both football teams get it, the Yankees win, and everybody's happy. But, no, for the last, you said, 12 years, me and any other Giants fans have just been sad. Yeah. And and living a life of misery.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean... I don't see that not continuing, but it it's nice to take our victories when we have them and this was a nice early October day in New York sports and it you know the Yankees get pushed into the playoffs, the Jets and the Giants don't go winless and do they win another game? I really don't know.
1: And since we're on the subject of them winning the game, how wild is it that both of them get their first wins on the same day
0: in OT and they both got to go into OT to get it? Against two pretty unanimously better teams, is, oh, is, is the is the craziest thing too. Uh, the Saints have had an all over to play season clearly to start the year.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, not too surprised about the Giants winning that game.
0: It's not that I'm not surprised. I we just don't know how to read the Saints at this no. point in the year. There's there's no. there's moments and pockets where they look really really good and they look like a Saints team that we're kind of used to seeing, and. They have weeks like this where to go out and lose to a Giants team that's just not quite as talented as them, and it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. But that's we I was saying it a lot yesterday because yesterday was a great example of it. The NFL is a really great league because it doesn't make sense. You can go into any given week and pretty much anybody can win.
1: Any given Sunday, baby. It's so strange, and
0: I don't really know what to think about it. If that's going
1: to be the trend for this year, though, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, like give me chaos for the NFL season. I don't want the typical top dogs every week coming in easy win. Nah, let let it be spicy.
0: Let it be spicy.
1: Let people's parlays get just messed up. Oh come give on,
0: it. that was a low blow. I, I had a parlay this weekend that performed worse than any parlay maybe ever. You hate to see it.
1: I got a phone call. Uh, if you're watching, <laughs> if you're watching, dog, I'm sorry. My condolences. He calls me, Uh-oh. and he's like, y'all messed up the last leg of my parlay. Why'd y'all have to win? I'm sorry, bro. I wish I could be sad, but we got the win, baby. We got the win. We on the board.
0: If the Jets beat you on a parlay, it was never meant to be. That's the way I look at it. It wasn't meant to be. And That's okay. You move on with your day. We, we go to next week. We battle again. We move strong. And um, so what we're going to do, we're not going to dive super into all the games this week, although there were a lot of really good ones. Uh, We're not going to talk too much about the games individually. We might talk about them as we go about this, but we're going to talk about the teams that we think through week four are the true competitors for Super Bowl and contenders in this league. And, uh, Brooke, you want to go first with that?
1: This one pains me to say, Okay, but I'm going to just go out and say – the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they look they look good. They look good. They get Dak back. They look good. An early week one loss to the Bucks, understandable. It was a really good game too. But then they go ahead beat the young, hungry Chargers. Cool. They beat the Eagles. A little mm. bit expected, but yeah. the Eagles like we don't really know where they sit right now. Could they be a, a decently good team? Or are they just eh, who knows? Terrible.
0: Who knows? We'll see. And then they beat the best defense in the NFL with the Panthers. And not just that, they put up with 36. Like, they, they scored a and lot. They, yeah.
1: And it was
0: a pretty dominant effort on offense, Stopping though. the
1: best rushing quarterback leading the league. In touchdowns. In,
0: in touchdowns. In rushing
1: touchdown, in touchdowns, Sam Darnold.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'll agree with you on that. The Cowboys, uh, the real kicker for the Cowboys is that Trayvon Diggs is really good. Four straight games of picks. Like he, we knew he was gonna be good coming out of, out of Alabama, and he is just turning into a star right before our eyes. And then um, the defense as a whole is just like actually getting the job done, which has kind of been the concern for the Cowboys for a while. They have they've always had some good players like DeMarcus Lawrence and all that, but they would get a sack here and there, but they would not be able to get big stops when they needed it. And they're starting to get those.
1: And I'm looking at their schedule right now. There's only about four games that really stand out to me that they're gonna struggle with: the Vikings, Chiefs, Raiders, and then Cardinals. Way, way down the stretch.
0: Yeah, and I everything mean everything
1: else is just like NFC East teams, the Broncos, the Giant.
0: I mean the Patriots, like like teams that it might give you a game, but you're not super worried about. No. Which is interesting because I've been looking through a lot of team schedules this year, right? And like particularly like the Viking schedule. If you look at the Viking schedule, the Vikings are might be the best one in seven team of all time, <laughs> just because of how their kind of their schedule kind of works out. And I mean that's that's I'm, the NFL for you, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, it's, it's a gauntlet. It, it's absolutely like, a gauntlet,
1: bro. That the Panthers by week, Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers, 49ers.
0: It's insane. Yikes. It's it's insane. The only breaks they get are the Lions. And every game besides the Lions this year are a tough team, but that's a division game, so who cares? So, I mean, that's just kind of how... (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll have three wins, in theory. Um, But, I mean, there's a lot of teams like that. and I just feel like this year, more than a lot of years in the past, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of, like, mid to really good teams. I feel like there's a very, like... High bar for mediocrity this year. Yeah. At least early on. At least early on.
1: Yeah, everybody's going to reveal themselves. Yeah, exactly. By, by you yeah.
0: are who we thought you were. The Raiders are not going to wind up being 7-1. and one. Like, that's just not going to happen. We know that. It's okay. It's okay. Derek Carr, we still like you. Well,
1: since, since we're looking at schedules, let's go look at the Raiders schedule. They got the Chargers tonight.
0: Which, that's going to be a fun game. I do think the Chargers yeah. wind up winning it, though. Every game the Raiders play this year is going to be close for no reason. All of them.
1: They got the Chiefs, Cowboys.
0: Okay, so are they, are they legit? Are they a contender?
1: I do think... Yes. They are. I do think it's going to... This ship is going to keep on floating. I don't think it's going to crash like I know you are hoping for. It's not a hope. I've just it. I've just
0: seen this happen. No, I, with, I know. I've know. seen it happen, I man.
1: I know. And we, a we've lot. all been witnesses. We've all been
0: witnesses. <laughs> we've seen this. I will not but be fooled.
1: But contender, I don't think they they go further than just making it, if they do. Yeah,
0: and I, when I say contender, I mean like NFC, Play-off. AFC championship game. Like, they could get there. That's what I mean by contender. the no. Yeah, not just getting to the playoffs. Like, I don't... Okay.
1: I have
0: no, I have no desire for that. There's an extra team in the playoffs now. Like,
1: like I, I do think they'll be good for the whole season. I don't see them fighting
0: for Lombardi. Okay. Uh, so. so, I think, if we're looking at all the teams that have been playing so far, I actually am going to double down on the Panthers to be contenders. And I know they lost a, a, a tough game this week. It was away in Dallas. Uh... Zeke was rolling. They couldn't really stop the run against him too well. But they were missing probably the most dynamic player in the sport. And they lost by a a little over a touchdown. And Sam Darnold is still kind of getting formed into this offense. I think when he gets his best weapon back, and you have, like, a red zone offense where sam can run it in you have christian mccaffrey dj oh, moore man. has been really really good this year it's i dangerous. i like the panthers not i don't think they're super bowl contenders i don't but i do think they're a threat to win this division especially if the Bucs kind of can't get healthy and that's the only reason that the Bucs wouldn't be going anywhere far as if they just simply don't have the cornerbacks to get out there. And, I, and
1: I'm glad you bring that up because I was sitting there yesterday thinking that, especially with all these injuries, like
0: they're losing their whole secondary. I know yeah, we were talking about
1: They just got to practice the squad pretty much out there. Yeah, everybody's. Murphy Bunting's
0: like, hurt. Like they, the whole the whole secondary is just kind of down. And if they can't get healthy, and if not get healthy, get some guys to plug in there that can produce yeah. and give you some quality, at least like effort. Uh, the Bucks might be in a little bit of trouble. And, you know, one, if they make it to the playoffs, I'm not going to count them out at all. But I do think they have too difficult of a schedule to be reliant on scoring, scoring 40 points a game. That's just yeah. the, that's that That's my only issue. I don't have any doubts about their offense or Tom or anything like that. Just health. Just health.
1: Yeah. even Even last night, I don't take that being a what two two point game yeah too yeah. much into account No, you got emotions coming back to Fox. it's Euro. rainy Plain, it, the play. injury
0: the bucks got injured all game yesterday too so remember.
1: i i don't take any stock in that being a close game with the patriots like nah. if there's anybody panicking about that just cut the noise stop it
0: relax <laughs> Right. it's okay it's okay. Yeah. it's okay i will say uh kind of circling back to the new york teams though there's gotta be some concern with two teams that people thought were gonna be contenders with the Titans and the Saints. They have just been up and down, and you don't know what these teams are. Yeah. Obviously Derrick Henry's really good and obviously Alvin Kamara is really good. You have really good, talented guys on these teams, but like you got you gotta beat these New York teams. Like there, there's no excuse.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not as worried for the Titans as I am the Saints.
0: And that's the and I Saints, and I agree because of the division. Is that where you're kind of go with that? Yeah. Like the Titans should, even if they play yeah. mid and go nine and eight, will probably still make the playoffs. Yeah. Saints but, need twelve wins to get it.
1: And we just don't know what we're getting from the Saints. Yeah. Like after week one, you could you could wrote their Super Bowl ticket right there and be like, all right, cool, no problem.
0: And then Especially with how the Packers have looked since then. So it's like bizarre, yeah. bizarre stuff. Uh, Packers and Bills on similar trajectories. Week one, they stumble out the gate. They don't really know what's going on. Is Aaron like going to play? Is Josh Allen okay? And then since then, they've kind of just cruised.
1: Yeah, we were sitting there saying that Aaron Rodgers is just throwing.
0: I was hoping, man. <laughs> I, was I know you were. I was hoping. I know you were. I was hoping. This probably feels like the last, uh, last hurrah. Um, but the main team. This is probably the last one we'll talk about. Um, the Rams are still contenders. They lost a tough one to the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are actually very, very scary. Yeah,
1: them coming in and putting a whooping on the Rams yesterday. Yeah, they. Um, I wasn't ready for. It. No, I. Now, come if come they come if come
0: they here. won this game, I thought it was going to be close.
1: Yeah, coming into this weekend where we had to do our uh, spectator pick picks, go check them out every Sunday yeah. at underscore the spectators on our IG. We pick our three favorite games from each t- time slot and build up a
0: record from there.
1: But we were sitting there and saying, we don't know who to pick because
0: the four o'clock uh, games were nuts.
1: The whole West was playing each other. You yeah. had the Seahawks and the 49ers and then the Rams and the Cardinals. And so we're sitting there like, we don't know <laughs> what to think. No idea. Like, we're just had nothing so naturally we just go with the rams and well
0: um week four we're in, we're in week four kyler murray is the front runner for mvp yeah oh absolutely okay good to know just happy we're on the same page with that absolutely. he has been absolutely electric he's been so good he controls the game uh and not even like numbers wise i mean the numbers have been very good too but He's just so – he feels like prime Russell Wilson right now where he's just so under control, and he can do it with his feet if he needs to, but he's not trying to do it with his feet. It's 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 impressive. It really is. And you got – the running game is kind of picking up too because James Conner and Chase Edmonds are both making some actual offensive plays and being relevant in the offense. You didn't see that against the Vikings earlier in the year, and now they're trying to – get him in AJ green's starting to play really well AJ Greens had a better year than DeAndre Hopkins to this point point. and I th- I was told he was washed up <laughs> nah so nah. they got a lot Go of on. weapons they got two Hall of Fame wide receivers they got an MVP leading uh quarterback right now and he's so dangerous bro and it's it's really easy to forget that JJ Watts on this team like yeah this this team to start 4-0 and with the schedule that they had to start this year is absolutely impressive, and obviously they're in a tough division. Anything can change, but Titans, I'm Vikings, good. Rams, beating all three of those teams in the first four weeks, and they're scoring 30 points a game, well over 30 points a game at this point. It's time to start looking. It's time to start paying attention.
1: Absolutely. Especially if they the next two weeks they go ahead and take care of business.
0: If they can beat the 49ers and the Browns, if they can come out of this 6-0, oh, Oh, man. Because
1: even after the Texans, they're going 7-0 with that. You got Packers and 49ers, Panthers, Seahawks after that. You go 2-2 with those, you're sitting
0: pretty. You know what's the crazy thing? We both predicted that the NFC NFC West was going to all have like four, eight, nine, ten-win teams this year. And if mm-hmm. you look at all their schedules, they play the NFC North, which means they all have to play the Vikings and the Packers, and the Bears give you tough games. Uh, that's – and they, I think they also play the um, – no, they don't. Okay. They, they just have tough schedules because they all got to play each other. That's six yeah. brutal games. Packers-Vikings, that's eight brutal games. <laughs> and here we are, and uh, – They can come out of this 7-0 and look really good. And and if they are 7-0 at the end of the stretch, uh, buckle up.
1: Buckle up. Buckle up, baby. It's going to be fun.
0: Buckle up. But that's enough from us about football. There's a special person that knows a little bit more about the individual stats and points that these guys put up this week. You talking about my boy Gerard? My boy Gerard coming at you from the fantasy corner to let you know who did well and who didn't. Take it away, Bring
2: him in. What's, up, what's everybody? up, everybody? It's, it's your boy, G-Man is the man. And today we are back again with another segment of Fantasy Corner. Y'all already know what's about to happen, so let's go ahead and get right into it. At the QB1 position this week, top performer, we have Sam Darnold. 300 yards, four total touchdowns for 33.5 fantasy points. Uh, at the running back position, surprising to me and probably to everyone else, Cordarrelle. Patterson, 112 total yards, three receiving touchdowns for 33.6 fantasy points. I had no clue he was capable of that, but sucks sucked because I got Mike Davis. At the wide receiver position, he's back again at the top. We got Tyreek Hill, 186 yards, 11 uh, receptions, three total touchdowns for 49.6 fantasy points. Looks like the Chiefs got their offense rolling. They got Tyreek back in that uh, flow of things over there in Kansas City. At the tight end position, we got CJ. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. It's the Bengals tight end. Uza, ooh, I am even going to try it. 95 yards, two receiving touchdowns for a total of 26.5 fantasy points. The Bengals have a really good offense behind Joe Burrow and look for that to keep going for the rest of the season. We have some good news this week. Some of these top Tier running backs that y'all drafted in the first three or four rounds look to get things going for back-to-back weeks now. We got Zeke with back-to-back strong performances. Saquon balled out this week. He had a good last week, but he balled out this week. And James Robinson, again, back-to-back good performances. I know y'all were a little scared about them. I was too. Nonetheless, they look good right now, so hopefully they keep that going. Jonathan Taylor had his first good performance of the year at a very opportune time. Week four is when people start panicking, like, oh, I gotta start getting rid of these people. So if you have Jonathan Taylor, stay hold on him for a little bit longer. Make sure he keeps that consistency though, you know what I'm saying? Let's see what else we got here. Matt Ryan had his first good performance of the season. This is the Matt Ryan that we're so used to seeing. Throwing for four touchdowns, Thrown for about 300 yards, three 400 yards. Still in a losing effort, but, He's getting the job done on the fantasy aspect. We're not looking at regular season stats. We're looking at fantasy stats here. And this is what we're used used to Matt Ryan doing. The Bears offense showed some life this week. That is such a good sign for anyone who has a Bears player on their roster. Granted, it was against the Lions, who are awful. But, you know, it's still a good sign to show some performance. Montgomery did really good. He's hurt, though. Um, Allen Robinson, eh, decent. You know what I'm saying? Darnell Mooney, really good game. So, Look for them to hopefully, hopefully keep that going. Bad news is, like I said, Allen Robinson, he's still really nowhere to be found. Allen Robinson is a top three round wide receiver. He's usually someone wide receiver one or wide receiver two, and he has been none of that this year. I don't know if it's gonna turn around, like I said, with this offense kind of getting stuff into motion, maybe, but I wouldn't be too sold on it right now. If you have Allen Robinson, maybe start to look for some trade while you can. Miles Gaskins and Miles Sanders, I don't know where they're at. They are both getting outperformed. They are not worth keeping on your team right now. Trade them if you can. I mean, obviously don't just drop them, because they still could blow up eventually. But Miles Gaskin had like 0.3 points, and then Miles Sanders maybe had 10 points this week. Not looking good for either one of them. Tyson Williams for the Baltimore Ravens was a healthy scratch this week. They brought up Le'Veon Bell from the practice squad. Latavius Murray is the clear number one right now. And there's no room from Tyson Williams in this offense. That's sad if you had him like I did in two of my leagues. So look for some alternatives now, but I'll give you some alternatives later at the end of this podcast. Let's see what we got here. We got some waiver ads for the week. I've said it back way back then. I'm going to say it now. Dawson Knox, if you need some tight end help, Logan Thomas pulled his hamstring this week. Gronk has a punctured lung and broken ribs. You need some depth. Dawson Knox is a good pickup. He has had scored a touchdown in the past three games for the Bills. And he's going to keep that going with that high-powered offense all year long. Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys, they have so many targets over there. So it's kind of hard to tell who's going to blow up and who's not going to blow up week to week. Dalton Schultz has shown some consistency on that offense. If you need some tight end help, look for him. Trey Lance took over after Jimmy G went down at halftime, and he kind of balled out. Not even going to lie, he kind of did his thing. So if you're 1-3, and three, if you're 0-4, oh and, and you need some fantasy help, and you, you got to start making gambles. You got to start making big moves, trying to get those players from the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Trey Lance is a dude who could, if he performs well, take over Jimmy G's spot right now. Damian Williams, monitor monitor the David Montgomery situation. If he stays hurt, pick up Damian Williams. He's a good add to have. And then Gainwell from the Philadelphia Eagles has been outperforming Miles uh, Sanders. Yeah, he's running back two in that offense, but he's performing like running back one. So take that with a grain of salt, especially in these leagues, these deeper leagues where there's not many running backs left. You're going to need some depth with all these injuries happening. But, you know, that's it for fantasy corner week four. Y'all stay tuned. Check out the Raiders Chargers game tonight. Uh, You know, Justin, not Justin Field, Justin Herbert and uh, Derek Carr can definitely top the list after tonight's game. But y'all just stay tuned for that. Peace.
0: Thank you, Gerard, for the fantasy insight. If you have a Miles Gaskin like I do in three of my leagues, you are down bad. (laughs) that's it send the tweet (laughs) down absolutely horrific definitely make sure you watch that Raiders Chargers game tonight that's gonna be really really fun two of the most surprising yet really really fun and talented teams in the NFL Justin Herbert is having a fantastic season to this point and so is Derek Carr pretty cool stuff we're gonna talk about the wild card but before we get into the wild card we got some stuff for you guys we have a whole merch collection going down right now we released it a couple weeks back and now we have a commercial for it let's go check that out for you guys I wondered what was wrong with me my friends are So, guys, make sure you go check out our Teespring shop if you're interested in any of our merch. And we do have some more coming soon for you guys. There'll be more information on that collection coming within the next couple of days. And uh, we're super excited for all that. And we can't wait for you guys to see that new stuff we have coming for you.
1: And if you have already or you're going to, we want to see you wear it. So go ahead, take a picture, post it on your story, tag us at underscore the spectators, we're going to
0: repost you, show some love. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, baseball postseason is baseball, on the baby. way. We mentioned it at the top of the show that the Yankees won last night and solidified their spot, thus the name of this episode. New York had a great weekend outside of the Mets. But there was another team that won and controlled their own destiny, and they overcame a 5-2 to two lead Came back, wound up winning this game 7-2. Rafael Devers went absolutely crazy, and playoff Devers is going to be a problem if they can get past this game on Tuesday. The best rivalry in all of sports, and I'll say this every time outside of Real Madrid and Barcelona, this is the best rivalry in sports. Yankees-Red Sox on Tuesday. wild card, Winner-take-all to play the division champion, Rays. This is good. This is this is wild. Maybe. This is absolutely going to be electric. But before we get into that game, let's kind of rewind a bit, take a step back. This week leading up to this decision to get these two teams in there has been one of the most exciting end of the years, I think, since 2011. And I don't fully remember what happened in 2011. I know there was, like, three teams that kind of came down to it. Uh, this had...
1: Well, 2011 was game 162 with the Rays and Yankees.
0: Yeah, and we almost had that. We wound up not having the game 160, uh, the extra game 163. We wound up not having it, even though there were a couple of ways that it could have happened. But going into this week, there was a possibility, like to start the week on Monday, that five teams could have been tied for this wild card spot. It turns out none of that happened. Uh, The Yankees did their best to try and make it happen, (laughs) wound up not. Oh man! But we, um, it was very, very exciting.
1: Especially all the way up until yesterday, being Game One Sixty Two, we were still slated for a potential four-way tie, and not even just in the wild card. The NL West also had a chance to be tied at the top between the Giants and the Dodgers. Yeah, so to see who would be the wild card and who would be the National League West champions.
0: Yeah, and if the Cardinals didn't decide to win 900 of their last 901 games, uh there would have been a, a race over there for that wild card too because the Re- the Reds did wind up picking it up towards the very very end, but too yeah. little too late at that point. We almost had three important races. It came down to 162 for the for the NL West championship pennant. And Giants went and got the win, and that was just a big-time win that they really needed because winning that division means so much because you don't have to play this wild-card game. You have bragging rights over the Dodgers now because you, you beat them in the division in a year that they were supposed to be the best team ever, and then they got better. Because yeah. the Dodgers got better. They went and got Trey Turner. They went and got Max Scherzer. Like This team got significantly better, even with losing Trevor Bauer. There's not a lot you can say about the Giants besides this has just been a magical year. And you know what's the best way to describe that, Brooke? This is a what? franchise high for wins that they've ever had in the regular season. Really? And this is a pretty historic franchise. I mean, during the early 2010s, they had a run. And and just historically, they've, they've had very good teams historically. Um, this is the best one they've ever had in terms of wins.
1: That's sick. Yeah. That's sick. And shout out to both of them. They both come in on Sunday, handle their business, just blow out their respective teams that they're playing. And they, they were hungry. Yep. And everybody was hungry this weekend. Six-game scoreboard watching.
0: <laughs> it was it was wild. I mean, nuts. especially comes down to Sunday. Mariners, they wound up not winning. But if they won... The Blue Jays absolutely blew the doors off of the Orioles as they did all weekend. The Blue Jays offense, after having a rough week against the Yankees, came out and said, We want to be there. George Springer was World Series, just he, he was, he turned back the clock a little bit and turned to the World Series, George Springer for a second. And uh, two home runs yesterday, grand slam. They did everything they could to get in. They won their game by a blot, And they just needed the Yankees or the Red Sox to lose. Yankees wind up winning an absolute nail-biting barn burner, just pitching duel that went 0-0 into the ninth. And the Red Sox, like I said, came had that big comeback. Uh, thoughts on the weekend, Bert?
1: Chaos. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. Magical,
0: sensational, <laughs>
1: historic, <laughs> sensational. Yep. nah, man, it was, it was fun because, like, for me, I just had all all the games playing, watching everything transpire. I see, off Ripple, Tani goes deep, and I'm oh like, to start ah, the game, awesome. That's that's tough for the Mariners. George Springer and the crew goes nuts in the first inning. It's looking like the Red Sox were gonna lose. Yeah. I was happy. It
0: looked like, and for then, a second, it looked like we were getting a game 163. Like, it really did.
1: Yeah. It was looking really good. And then Devers has, hits that home run, and it's like, sheesh. It's fitting.
0: It's fitting.
1: Yankees and the walking it off to clinch the nuts on Aaron Judge's first career walk-off hit.
0: One of the strangest nuts. stats we've heard. Doesn't
1: make sense. Doesn't make any sense. And yeah, man, it is just storybook that we get Yankees, Red Sox as the wild card game. And then even on the other side with Dodgers, Cardinals, it should be fun because nobody's looking at the Cardinals to really be a threat, hey, but, but in a, in a one game playoff. Well, and here's and the thing, the
0: Dodgers- we've seen it so many times where just don't let a team get hot. You know, you've seen it with the Royals when they had their World Series run. They were the first wild card team to ever win a World Series after like the game got brought in the the one game wild card, and then the Nationals have done it. Where sometimes you're not the best team on paper, but you get hot at the right time. It's all it takes, and the Cardinals seem to kind of be on that. Uh, the Yankees were before the series against the Rays. Like, don't let people get hot. Don't let them get hot.
1: I'm excited for this playoff, man.
0: Yeah, I am too. Um, prediction: Wild card, Garrett Cole versus uh, who? Who's pitching? Nate Evaldi. Evaldi, nasty Nate. In Fenway, where the Yankees did just go in the sweep. What is, what's your like game script looking like here? I
1: think the Red Sox jump out early. God, Yankees close the gap, middle innings. They end up taking the lead at some point. Red Sox close it again. Late innings. Yankees come out
0: on top. Okay. So we're we're talking eighth eighth inning, go ahead, hit, and then Lou or that, Chapman shutting the door.
1: That that's all she wrote.
0: Okay. I can get behind that. That's not, that sounds yeah. exactly like a Yankees-Red Sox game this year, honestly.
1: I, I don't think it's uh one person jumps in and rides off into the sunset. Oh. I,
0: I don't. And, and all. and hey, that would be good news for kind of everybody watching this besides Yankees and Red Sox fans because every wild card game the Yankees are in kind of just becomes a, a beatdown, right? It'll stay like a good game until it's not in the – the A's and the, the Twins have been the guys who have been on the bad end of that for a couple of years now. But I think that'll be a great game. It's time for Garrett Cole to prove he deserves that money. That's that's what I got to say about yeah, that. Yeah, because
1: Garrett Cole has not been Garrett Cole, and which is why I say the Red Sox end up jumping out to a,
0: a lead to start the game. Cool. And then hopping over to the NL. St. Louis versus the Dodgers. Just this right here is really cool. Yeah. Two, one for sure, and the other potential Hall of Fame pitchers. Adam Wainwright versus Max Scherzer. The hottest team in baseball versus the most talented team, maybe ever, outside of like one of those Gary, Babe Ruth, Yankee teams. Um, Mm. What you got going on here? I mean, Wainwright has turned back. He's had a great year. And they, by the way, they just extended him through 2022. He has all of next year. Also, he's not retiring after this game. I think he was he was feeling the he was drinking the Kool Aid too much, and he he wants <laughs> to come back. He had too much fun with this run. He wants to come back.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. So, I think we don't get a run until fourth, fifth inning. Got him. Dodger Dodgers gonna get about three to four of them. Okay. Cardinals are gonna close the gap not gonna make it all the way it's gonna finish right there
0: okay um i do want to mention max muncie probably the best offensive player for the dodgers this whole year is not going to be playing and he will not be playing in the first round either if they do win against the giants that is a massive blow A a lefty bat and he has been so important to this team all year he's been so consistent And uh, that injury looked bad, so we hope that he gets better, gets healthy, because that elbow did not look like it went the right direction. And there's no Clayton Kershaw either, so there is some potential issues going with the Dodgers moving forward. Their bullpen obviously hasn't been uh, everything we were hoping it would be this year, especially with Jansen, but they have kind of pieced it together. We'll see what kind of happens with them. They're still a super talented team. Absolutely, And they're still, on paper, just better than St. Louis. But, hey, Harrison Bader and the boy has got something to say. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be It's definitely
1: going to be wild It's in every sense of it.
0: Yeah, it's the wild card, baby. You got one game. And it's one of the coolest things that I've, they've added to the MLB. It sucks that you play 162 for one to be the one that matters. Get good. But win your no, division no. and you don't got to deal with it, right?
1: That that's the thing, man.
0: And and I yeah, do I do it. really like it too because having that second open spot really makes the season matter more. You think the Mariners would have tried this hard down six games, two weeks left in the season? Probably not. They're probably gonna maybe not pack it up, but not go all in like they kind of did towards the end of it. It makes for really exciting baseball. It makes for really fun teams that could make a run, like those Mariners, like the. The Blue Jays. If the Blue Jays got in this, I would have been
1: oh
0: pooping I, my I'll pants. i be
1: honest. I was petrified to play the Blue Jays.
0: I needed the Red Sox to win that game.
1: I was petrified. Yeah. I did not want to see the Blue Jays. No. At all. No.
0: And, I, and this is crazy because we just dominated them this week. I don't want to see that. I don't
1: care. I, didn't want I to don't see care. them. I did not want to see them in a one-game playoff.
0: Not Bo get, Bo. get Bo away from me. Get Marcus. I don't want to see any of them, get bro. Get Simeon away from me, which... Hey, the Blue Jays are going to be really good next year, but who knows what happens with Marcus Simeon. He had a one-year deal. There's a lot, a lot of links that he might be going for the San Francisco Giants next year or so.
1: The Giants got a lot to build on after this year.
0: Yeah, and that could be a big loss for the Blue Jays because he, he he's probably, what, like fourth in MVP? It's like Shohei, Vladdy, him, Judge, Cedric. All AL East guys.
1: (laughs) A note with uh, Simeon, he hit the most home runs by a second baseman
0: in MLB history. And Shohei hit the most home runs by a pitcher in MLB history. Let's just clarify that. (laughs) By a lot. A lot. MVP, by the way. You gotta gotta love baseball. You gotta gotta love love baseball. baseball. And, uh, you know... The uh, potential Cy Young will be on the bump on Tuesday. I don't know if he'll win it, but he's definitely somewhere in that conversation. He will be going against the Red Sox. I am excited. Garrett Cole, Adam Wayne, Scherzer. We got some fun stuff this week, man. Playoff baseball is officially back. Me and Brooklyn are potentially going to be going to the game on Thursday in Tampa Bay. Like, oh, I'm so we're excited. locked
1: in. It we just got just the tickets.
0: It's already going. Is the thing. It just
1: all depends on how Tuesday goes.
0: Who's <laughs> to say? But
1: and if we're there, be on the lookout for a vlog.
0: Absolutely. And so, if not, I'll
1: be sad. <laughs>
0: I already had a tough sports week. Condros running the show day. for the next two weeks. This is a mobile phone. <laughs> Call when I go home.
1: Yeah, it'll be tough. Uh-huh. Let, let, let me hear it. Let me hear
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in to another episode of The Spectators. Make sure you go to the Teespring if you are interested in any of our new merch. And again, be on the lookout for any new stuff coming out in the new, or not new, in the coming days. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at underscore the Spectators. If you're not watching this on YouTube already, do that next week. We go live for these episodes. You can see our beautiful faces looking at you right in the eyes. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy playoff baseball. Enjoy week five of the NFL coming up. And I hope your fantasy team does better next week. Peace.
1: Peace, everybody. Much love.